0: for everybody that's black, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, assume me I'm rooting for everybody that's black, yo, 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 look, look, assume me I'm rooting for everybody that's black, smack bouts and racks on handmade new rags, assume I'm rooting for everybody that's black, that's everybody from sports the college class to rap, and back.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Kia Monique Jones and welcome to Miss Little Did you Know, On today on our show, I am joined with Ms. Shanice White, who will be my awesome guest today as we talk about mental health in the African-American community. Shanice White is a native of New Albany, Mississippi, is also a two-time graduate of Jackson State University. She earned a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology in May 2008 and a Master of Science degree in clinical mental health counseling in April 2012. Shanice is a licensed professional counselor and a board-qualified supervisor for the state of Mississippi. She is most recently licensed to practice counseling in the state of Georgia. Additionally, Shanice is a national certified counselor and is a board-certified telemental mental health provider. Shanice currently serves as the director for the Natasha Norman Center for Counseling Services at Jackson State University. Additionally, She is the owner and clinician for Endless Possibilities LLC, a virtual counseling practice available for residents of Mississippi and Georgia. Shanice's specialties include anxiety, stress management, body image, trauma-related issues, women's issues, emotional regulation, and self-care. She has touched many lives. She is also a breast cancer survivor and takes time to serve on panels educating women under 40 about breast cancer. During her spare time, Shanice enjoys reading, listening to music, traveling, spending time with family and friends. She is a devoted wife and mother. Shanice is also a dedicated member of the Clinton, Mississippi Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and attends Anderson United Methodist Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Shanice's favorite quote is the, is the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Ms. White also is trained in applied suicide intervention skills, trauma-focused, cognitive behavioral therapy, and prolonged exposure therapy. Welcome, Miss Shanice White. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for creating this space this evening for us to have this conversation about such a very important topic.
1: I am honored to actually have you here to talk about this. When I wanted to discuss mental health, I know that I met you back in 2017, and I knew that your journey, and you was such a just bright light, and I just knew this would be the perfect opportunity to actually have this conversation with someone who's skilled in this area. And you were the first person I wanted to contact to reach out to. So I'm so thankful and honored for you to actually be on my podcast. Oh, well,
0: thank you. I'm so glad that you invited me.
1: Okay, so I just wanted to start off with an icebreaker and to talk about mental health. And what really made you want to become a therapist?
0: So back in elementary, middle school, in grade school early on, my friends would always come to me. And asked me for advice. They told me that out of all of our friends in our little friend circle, I was the one that listened. And I was the one that, you know, suggested some good things for them to do. And I know that many people will think, okay, you in elementary and middle school, what you got going on? But even elementary students and middle school students, we have things or they have things going on. And so that was definitely the case when I was in elementary and middle school. So those experiences of just talking with friends, I've had several people to say that I, I listen. To so just have somebody to just sit and listen to them is what they needed at the times they needed that. So that, along with some personal struggles that I even experienced, particularly in high school, really made me say, OK, Shanice, I think counseling is is what you need to go into. So here I
1: am. <laughs> That's amazing. So it just came naturally for you. It did.
0: It did. And the more and more I provide counseling services to people, the more I really just know that this was truly a calling for me. When I hear That's my true. clients say, "Miss Shanice, your counseling services or what you share with me, what you taught me has really helped me, that really is very rewarding. It's a very rewarding field to work in.
1: That's amazing testimony. So, like, I know that COVID 19 has like through everybody's lives, like, in a whirlwind. And I know that we've already had issues and stigma with the mental health in the African American community, especially. But it seems like with COVID 19, these mental health issues are actually starting to be more exposed. And we're starting to actually see what mental health looks like and how can we get those resources for the people who really need those. So what would you consider like one of the leading causes for mental health issues today?
0: In general, I would definitely say just the pressures of society, the pressures of our jobs, the pressures of the different roles that we're in, career women, mothers, wives, spouses, partners, in relationships, and just the other demands that the society has for people in general. But I would say to kind of bring it home to the African-American community specifically, generational trauma oh, is, yeah. is definitely something that causes mental health concerns within the African-American community. In addition to that, there is a syndrome called the Black Superwoman Syndrome, And basically what that is, is Black women, we're viewed as the strong individuals. We're considered the ones that gets it done, does it all for everybody. And we don't leave much for ourselves. That's where you see a lack of self-care. That's where you see an increase in anxiety and depression in our Black women. All because of that superwoman syndrome. We feel like we have to do it all. We feel like we have to put our emotions and everything aside to care for everyone else. And so, you know, going back to the, the generational trauma, you have things like sexual trauma, you have abuse, whether it's emotional, physical, verbal, psychological, spiritual, e- economical, even you have those different things that are passed down to generation to generation. Those things create a norm for the African-American community. Also, we're, we're taught to keep problems that we have within the home or to talk to the pastor about it and definitely not knocking religion because religion has a, you know, a strong component as it relates to coping with mental health. However, they are two separate things, I'll say. You can talk to your pastor, but also there may be some real mental health conditions that could be considered disorders that one would need to talk to a mental health professional about.
1: Okay. So even dealing with like mental health, how can we get the African-American community to be open to actually receiving those resources for mental health? Because it's a lot of stigma that comes along with mental health. And how can we get people to want to feel comfortable to even open up about issues that they're having?
0: I would definitely say that, letting people know in our community that counseling or therapy is not just for when something is wrong. Mm -hmm. It could be to help to enhance a skill set, whether it be conflict resolution skills or communication skills. It could be to just improve self-esteem or learn how to engage in self-care more. But if there are some indicators that something could be wrong, if you do Experience depression or have those prolonged moments of sadness or experience anxiety or experience eating disorders or something else that could be wrong, it is okay to not be okay. And I think that within our community, the acceptance of not being okay is not being looked at, it's not accepted. Within our community, I noticed if something is wrong, we want to try to hide that because, again, Many people look at us as though we're the strong ones. we're supposed to be the strong ones. we're supposed to carry on even when something is going on and not accepting that it is okay to not be okay sometimes is what we what we miss in our community. but just letting those individuals in our community know that it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to go talk to a professional who knows and has expertise in these different areas that you may be struggling with. And that information is is kept confidential. It is against our ethical duty. It is against the law to just go tell your business. So for mm-hmm. that alone, we just try to encourage individuals in the African-American community that it is okay to come talk to, to us as therapists.
1: Because I know for me, I am a mental health advocate because like, I personally was at a point in my life where I used to go to therapy once a week. And when I tell you it was like the best experience ever, like it wasn't something necessarily that was going on with me. It was just actually having someone to just sit down and listen. And it's a structured time, We had great conversations, and it was just easier for me to like relax because I can sometimes I've even experienced panic attacks. If I get over overwhelmed sometimes, you know? Yes. And that's something that I work with daily because the superwoman syndrome that you were speaking of, I actually had a case of that probably like a year and a half ago. And I had to really like sit back and just like prioritize my life and the things I want to do for myself because it was a lot of things that I was missing. And when I tell you therapy was such an eye opener for me because it made me so much aware of myself and things that I was doing that I could have fixed or I'm fixing as I'm doing it. You know, like it was just a just a great eye opener just hearing from a different perspective of how to handle situations differently.
0: Right. Right. And I'm glad that you were able to be transparent and and say that because many people. Are afraid to admit that they too have gone through things and experienced some type of mental health concern. I mean, I'll be candid and honest. I'm a mental health professional, I'm a licensed counselor, but I too experience anxiety. I too struggle with the black superwoman syndrome. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a career woman, and trying to balance all of that. It gets difficult for even, you know, Mm -hmm. myself. And so I think too mental health professionals just being more candid and honest about you know some of the struggles that they have dealt with to help those in our community know that hey okay even professionals go through things sometimes we have to sit down and go talk to two individuals too i think that also helps and that is something that i have done before something that we therapists we learn in school not to do much of not to do much self disclosure but I think it is key in reeling in those individuals in our community to help them become more comfortable in receiving therapy.
1: Yes, I agree. I think that's another reason why I wanted to be open and transparent. Because sometimes people ask me, girl, how you do? are you able to do all this? And how are you able to do that? And I'm sitting there I'm like, girl, I go to therapy. Like, I may not go once a week now, but, you know, I really try to be consistent with it. And it, it has been an eye opener for me. I've even did the tele mental health like mental health sessions like virtually. Uh-huh. And that was a different outlook because I never did that before. I in my opinion, I prefer face to face, but I've even was open enough to even want to do that because two thousand twenty, dealing with COVID and stuff like that, that was just like a whirlwind for me. So I was like, I don't know if I'm coming or going.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting, to say the least, an interesting year. What COVID-19 did, COVID-19 has done a lot of damage for a lot of people. It cut out social connection. And, and it makes me think about, because I work with individuals who experience domestic violence, those individuals who had to stay in with their partners who abused them and stay in the same environment as them, they couldn't leave to go get some you know, help, or they couldn't leave to just get some fresh air, to just leave the house, to just get some space. They had to stay in that environment, endure an increase in abuse. We've seen the numbers increase as it relates to domestic violence last year in 2020 due to the pandemic. So 2020, the pandemic has definitely made a lot of things shift. We have seen a lot of, a a huge increase in, in mental health and interpersonal violence concerns.
1: Oh, wow. I can believe it. So in this whole scope of mental health, could you give us like a a rundown of how does it work? Like how does someone actually find a therapist or do they have to have insurance? Like, it's so many questions that people don't know. So do you have any outlooks So, like what's the first step to trying to get mental health?
0: Yes. So one could go on the computer, on the Internet, if they have access to it and they can go to different directories. Psychology Today is one directory that a lot of people go to, in which I get a lot of my referrals from. Also, specifically for our community, African-American community, there's the Therapy for Black Girls directory, and Black Female Therapist, that is another directory. But even if you just go to Google and just type in Black Female Therapist, or Therapist in Jackson, Mississippi, or Therapist in Madison, Mississippi, whatever area you be in, you can start there. Also, you can contact local mental health agencies that may be in the area and ask, how do I get set up to see a therapist? And typically, the first session is always an intake appointment. So if someone were to call a mental health agency or a mental health professional who has their own practice and ask about an intake appointment, Some therapists do provide intake appointments pro bono. They don't charge, but if they do charge, they can ask about a sliding fee scale. If there are some financial concerns and the person feels like they're not able to really afford therapy, you can ask about a sliding fee scale or reduced cost. If they do have insurance, they can ask the provider, the mental health provider or the agency about what insurance do they take. Do you take Blue Cross Blue Shield? Do you take Ambetter or whatever the insurance may be? You ask that particular agency or provider, do they take that particular insurance? Now it is up to the person. Let's say, for instance, I know with Blue Cross Blue Shield, the state insurance, their deductibles are very high. It's very high and it just went up to $1,300. Everybody doesn't meet a $1,300 deductible a year. You rarely, some people may rarely go to the doctor, which means you won't meet your deductible. So the person could ask about again, a sliding fee scale, which is basically the same thing as paying like a reduced cost for
1: the sessions. Okay. So dealing with mental health at the Natasha Norman Center, what all the services that that center provides is it strictly for just Jackson State students?
0: Yes, it's for any student who is actively enrolled. At Jackson State University, any concerns that the students have, they can come to us and we can sit down and try to process those concerns, help them to build different skill sets to help them to cope whatever concerns they have. Within just college students in general, the top two mental health concerns are anxiety and depression. But we have students that come in with not only anxiety and depression, but they come in with eating disorder issues or relationship concerns, homesickness, problems with transitioning from being at home, being in high school, and being in college now. I've been at the center for almost six years, and I have definitely seen a shift in the severity of cases that we're getting. I would say 90% of our students now have some type of trauma experience some type oh, wow. of trauma, trauma that they're dealing with. And so that is definitely something that we're seeing an increase
1: in. Okay, and what about your private practice? So with my private
0: practice, my specialties include anxiety, trauma-related issues, emotional disturbance, body image, and self-care. So anybody whose primary concerns are anxiety-related, trauma-related whether it's deep-rooted trauma from childhood or something that may have happened four or five years ago that they're still having some traumatic symptoms about. Those are the people who I see in my private practice.
1: Okay, that's very, very um, in-depth. So I know that depression is a silent killer. Have you noticed that a lot of people who are depressed don't know that they're depressed? Have you seen that before?
0: I have, I see it all the time. Those people who have depression and not aware of it, they do a lot of what we call masking. They put on the front like everything is okay, but internally they're suppressing a lot of what they're dealing with. And maybe because it's too painful for them to really sit down and do some digging and talking about it and processing through it, or because they feel like they have so much to do that they don't have the time or the patients to sit down and deal with that depression. But yes, I see it all the time. I see it in my private practice. Although depression, I didn't mention that as a specialty of mine, but it is something that I diagnose because it's it's definitely something silent that the person didn't initially mention to me. But as I'm going through my intake assessment Mm -hmm. and going through additional sessions, that's something that I definitely pick up on.
1: Could you speak on the importance of getting early help with emotional distress, dealing with your mental health? Like the importance of like early, the beginning stages of that issue. Yes, it is
0: important to try to recognize it early on. Because if you continue to suppress those emotions, suppress those memories, those traumatic experiences that you have in flashbacks about, or any other distress that you've dealt with, if you continue to suppress those and bottom them up, they're going to manifest in some shape, form, or fashion, believe you me, whether they manifest relationships in a form of jealousy or infidelity or control or abuse, or they may manifest on the job where you don't know how to regulate your emotions whenever you have your your yearly evaluation with your boss. Or if you have some type of conflict with coworkers, it could enable you from working in groups or on teams. So mental health concerns that are left untreated, they can manifest in so many shapes, forms, and fashion. So if you are aware that something is just not right, it's good to seek help. I tend to tell people the way that you know that something could be going on with you is if your cognitive functioning, if you're not thinking the way that you normally do, or if you're thinking very negatively and that's not like you, or if your daily routine is interrupted in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's you're not getting enough rest all of a sudden, you see sudden significant changes in your appetite, and the way that you interact with people, if you see those sudden changes in those particular areas, then those are indicators that you should sit with a professional and, and get that assessed and see what needs to be done uh, to try to mitigate that.
1: That's some great insight. How young do you think is too young for therapy? Like, is there a certain age that's too young for therapy? Because I know children, you know, they go through traumatic experiences as well. Is there a certain age limit? that will prevent them from actually getting mental health services?
0: I wouldn't say there is an age limit, but if someone has a two-year-old or a three-year-old that may have gone through some type of traumatic experience or you know has possibly witnessed something go on in their family or in their household, it's good to make sure that you get them connected with a therapist who specializes in working with children At that age, I know that there is a clinic, I believe it is the Child Development Clinic at UMMC here in the Jackson Metro area, that specializes in working with children as young as three years old. Because children at that particular age, we think that they don't have the brain capacity to remember different things that happen, but actually they do. And so that's why there are practitioners that work with children at that young of an age so I wouldn't say there's an age limit but just making sure that you get that child connected to someone who specializes in working with younger children or age specifically that's definitely key
1: that was some great insight because I know so many babies they see a lot they may not speak on it but they see a lot and that helps and that starts that whole childhood traumas of things they experienced but never spoke on about and it's amazing to me. I'm 30 years old, and I can honestly say for my friends, people that I grew up with dealing with childhood traumas, you deal with that even in your 30s if it's not even addressed, you know? When I tell you childhood traumas are, like, one of the main keys to your mental health issues if you don't address it or you trying to downplay certain things in certain situations. And- mm-hmm.
0: Yes, childhood trauma is... One of the primary, I guess, precursors or characteristics for for mental health disorders, there's what we call adverse childhood experiences. So let's say, for instance, if you were living in poverty and living in a home where there was domestic violence, those different traumatic experiences that are ongoing all at one time, that's adverse childhood trauma. And if that is not addressed, If the family doesn't recognize that that needs to be addressed, then yes, you see those things manifest in adulthood. And that's something that is so unfortunate. I was even thinking, honestly, some months ago about starting a training or connecting with some therapists that does training for caregivers and parents so that they can be cognizant of what indicators to look for. What particular things do you need to be on the lookout for to get your child or get those that you care for help, uh, professional help? Because we can prevent some mental health concerns and disorders from taking place if we intervene early. Prevention can can definitely happen, but we just have to be cognizant of what those indicators and what those characteristics are.
1: Miss Shanice White, do you have any takeaways for today? Again, I just want to thank you for providing
0: this space for us to have this conversation. It's definitely a conversation that needs to be continued. So I would definitely just encourage you to keep connecting with mental health professionals and having this conversation. Keep using your platform to spread awareness about mental health, because what that does, that definitely breaks down that stigma surrounding mental health so again thank you and kudos to you for doing this podcast for providing this space for me to share this information with us tonight
1: thank you so much well that's all for today's episode of miss little did you know thanks for listening and thank you to miss Shanice White for joining me today for sharing some of her wisdom and insight on mental health in the african-american community join us again um, for our next episode Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Plus, if you haven't already done so, stop by our website at www.misslittledisyouknow.com and check out our latest news.
0: Okay, assume me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black Everybody be asking my six album, my last I'm super sick of this business My daughter missing me, nigga The whip is bullet repellent But they gon' kill me with tax Niggas really on club, They ain't checking for stats Who a decade or better Give niggas decade a rap Respect is in order Hate me better Do it loud Ooh, for everybody black Haters say, that's crazy, wow It's crazy Wow